wanted to tell you this morning is just how smart and brilliant every single one of you are. Uh, You all have a very, very powerful brain inside the skull of yours. Let me just uh, tell you how smart, in fact, and how powerful your brain is. Your powerful is so, uh, your brain is so powerful, in fact, that your brain in any single day sends more electrical impulses, uh, around than all of the telephones combined. So all of the telephones in the world combined, all the electricity that they're sending, uh, your brain actually sends more, uh, number of electrical impulses than all of those telephones combined. Uh, in a minute's time, uh, 36 ounces of blood will flow th- through your brain, giving it oxygen and energy to be as smart and brilliant as you already are. Uh, the reason that there's so much blood flowing through your brain is that your brain consumes one-fifth of your body's energy. So you eat a cheeseburger after church today, uh, 20% of that cheeseburger is going right to your brain. So be careful what you eat. So it Your brain is powerful and it needs that energy. If you've ever wondered how you got to be so smart, you may not know this, that early in pregnancy, as the brain is forming, uh, your brain is creating neurons at the rate of uh, 250,000 a minute. 250,000 neurons a minute. So your brain is pretty powerful. That's 4,000 neurons every second. So if you ever wondered how you got so smart, it was because of your mother in the womb. Like your brain just uh, made all of those neurons. Some of you may say, well, I'm not really that smart. I'm thinking kind of slow these days. Well, you need to know that information in your brain travels at 260 miles an hour. So when you have a thought, that information is flying at 260 miles an hour. Uh, You may say that I'm no Einstein, but you would be wrong. Uh, Einstein, after he died, he had left his brain for research. Of course, a smart guy would want to do that to show everyone how smart he is. But uh, studies have shown that the average male brain, so if you're an average male in this room, your brain actually weighs more than Einstein's brain. So if you're here with your spouse, wives, tell your husband you're smarter than Einstein. Why am I telling you all this about the brain? Your brain is very powerful. It's able to do more than you can possibly imagine, but it can only do what you tell it to do. Uh, I'm going to explain why I'm talking about the brain in just a second, but we are in this series of Jesus Said. And so um, we're looking at Matthew 4, 4 this morning. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here Jesus is using an analogy of physical sustenance to help us understand the importance of his word and God's word in our lives. We all know the importance of physical nourishment in our in our bodies. Uh, maybe not so much in this service, but certainly in the next service, we'll probably be hearing some of that stomach growling, the need for physical food. But Jesus here in Matthew 4, 4, uh, not only is teaching us the importance of his word, but he's 
also modeling and living out. And he's telling us that the word of God is, in fact, even more important than physical sustenance. Some of you may remember, and if you don't remember, I'll tell you what the context of this verse is. Jesus has been in the desert for 40 days and for 40 nights, being tempted by the devil. See, the devil doesn't want Jesus to succeed, and so he he's waited till an opportune time, the scripture says, to get Jesus to sin and walk away from the will of God. And so here Jesus, having fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights, he is very, very hungry, as you can only imagine. And uh, Satan says to Jesus, Jesus, if in fact you are the son of God, couldn't you just say to these stones, turn into bread? And of course, Jesus has the power because he's rightly related to God. He can perform miracles. I mean, he feeds five thousands for heaven's sakes. He could feed himself. He could turn those stones into bread and he could eat them. But he tells Satan, no. He quotes Deuteronomy 8.3 and he says, Man shall not live by bread alone. So here he is living out the very words he's speaking by quoting the Old Testament scriptures. And Deuteronomy 8.3 is an interesting story as well because the writer of Deuteronomy is reminding the Israelites, God's people of that time, that God fed them with manna. Remember how God provided for your every need with manna. And and so uh, Jesus here being tempted, he doesn't even have manna to live by. But what he has is something far more powerful. He has the very word of God. And using the word of God, he puts Satan in his place not once but three times. Uh, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy there in that passage. And, and you know what it says in uh, Matthew uh, 4.11? It says that Satan uh, departed from him and angels attended him. So Jesus relied solely on the word of God for his sustenance, and he is calling all of us to do the same. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly what he modeled for us to do. And in one point, Jesus says to his disciples, as I have done to you and I've done for you and I've modeled for you, you are to do the same. And so as Jesus has modeled this for us, uh, the challenge and the inspiration hopefully is that we will store God's word in our heart as well, that we will come to the realization that as Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is actually sharper than any two-edged sword and it cuts to the heart. So why did I tell you you're brilliant? Because that is the the pathway that the word gets stored in our heart. It goes through our brains and we need to read the scriptures. We need to study the scriptures. We need to meditate on the scriptures. And we need to memorize the scriptures. And if you make a commitment today, and many of you have already made the commitment that I'm going to memorize scripture on a, on a daily and regular basis and uh, see how it will bless my life. Uh, Romans 12:2 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. And part of his good, pleasing and perfect will is that we would renew our mind and we would store God's word in our heart using the powerful and amazing brains that God has given us to use. I don't want to pick on anybody here, but it's possible that some of you have a Bible that looks like this. 
Any of this uh, look familiar to you? We have Bibles sitting on our shelves and we say, read me. Uh, my hope this morning is that all of you would want to have this insatiable desire to get into God's Word. If you don't already, you can sign up for our daily scripture readings. Uh, you can go out this morning and participate in our Bible extravaganza. If you have a Bible that looks like this, that uh, needs to be dusted off, maybe it's not uh, <clears throat> quite uh, meeting your needs, maybe it's worn and tattered, you need a new Bible this morning. We have some fantastic folks out in the atrium uh, selling Bibles. So Julie Cameron, not only is she a Bible expert, but uh, she's going to help uh, anyone that wants to uh, pick out a new Bible. You can uh, purchase a Bible this morning. Uh, and uh, Wiley's Bookstore has been gracious enough to allow us to bring them to, to sell you this morning. If you uh, don't want to purchase a Bible and would like a free Bible, you can go to the Welcome Center and you can pick up your very own copy of the Bible. I want to also encourage you to get a Bible if you have not already done so on your smartphone. I was at Promise Keepers a few weeks ago, and I was visiting with a friend, and as we were visiting, uh, I asked him, I said, hey, do you know what uh, Exodus 31.3 says? And he says, no, I don't know what Exodus 31.3 says. And I said, you need to uh, look that up because it describes you to a T. And he says, well, I didn't bring my Bible. And I said, well, you have a smartphone, do you not? And he says, well, yeah, but I don't have a Bible on there. And I, I read him the riot act just a little bit. I said, for Pete's sakes, get the Bible on your smartphone. Uh, I got a couple examples of some apps that you might want to download if you haven't already. Uh, the first is probably the most popular one. It's the Uversion Bible app. Over 100 million people have downloaded this app on their phone. Uh, this is a great app. You can get it in several different translations. It'll read the Bible to you. It'll send you a uh, daily scripture verse for the day. Uh, just a great resource to have on your phone. The second one there is the one I use every single day. Uh, I have made the commitment that I will not get out of bed in the morning until I have read the scriptures. So if if any of you are not uh, signed up for our daily scripture reading, I encourage you to do that. So I wake up in the morning and I open up my email and as tempted as I am to look at the other emails, I go to the scripture reading, I open it up, I find the verses and then I open up my ESV study Bible on my phone and I read it. And I study it, and I meditate on it, and I memorize it. How about this morning, uh, Matthew twenty-one, twenty-one? Jesus says, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do to the fig tree what I just did to the fig tree, but you will also say to that mountain, uh, drop yourself into the sea, and it will happen. It will happen, Jesus say. The challenge this morning is for all of us to, uh, to have this greater desire and commitment to storing God's word in our heart just as Jesus did and he modeled for us as well. So please do not allow your Bible to collect dust on your shelf. And please, for heaven's sakes, do not be like the dumb pastor who went on a mission trip to Haiti. Now, I know I shouldn't call pastors dumb. I mean, uh, I, I happen to be one of them. But this guy was certainly certifiable and short-sighted. So he goes on this mission trip, and he's having a good time. There's a great team around him. And uh, he was serving a little bit, interacting with the locals a little bit. And then he got invited to a worship service. And so him and a few others from the team went to this worship service and it was a beautiful morning. 
And uh, uh, the Haitians were singing uh, praises in Creole, and you could just tell the Spirit of God was there in that worship service. And then the pastor uh, introduced a young Haitian girl, and he says, now she's going to read the scripture reading for the day. And he said it's Psalm uh, 113. Some of you may be familiar with Psalm 113. It's what Doug read for you this morning as a call to worship. And so he says it's Psalm 113, and the dumb pastor began to... To realize that he didn't have a Bible with him. And not only did he not have a Bible with him at the church service, but he went all the way to Haiti without carrying a Bible. Now, thank goodness there was a smart and brilliant pastor standing next to him with a, a Bible. We have a picture of it up here. Uh, if you look closely, you'll be able to see Pat Ayler is standing there, the smart pastor on the trip, with the Bible clutched in his arm, ready to, to use it at a moment's notice. And so the scripture reading had begun, and uh, I began to realize that I don't have a Bible, so I better play close attention to Pat's Bible. And Pat was generous enough to share it with me, so he opens up the Bible. He holds it like this, and as he holds it like this, uh, I realize that I don't have a Bible, so uh, I better maybe even think about memorizing a verse. And so as uh, they were reading the scripture uh, passage in Creole, I was following along, and I stopped on verse 3. I don't know what the rest of Psalm 113 says, but I know what verse 3 says because I was fixated on that verse. And in fact, in the moments that it took to read Psalm 113, I memorized verse 3. So this is what it says. It says, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, may the name of the Lord be praised. And I just had that going through my mind, and I went over it again and again because I knew that Pat was going to close his Bible in a few seconds, then he was going to pop it right under his arm, and then I would be without a Bible. And so as I realized that I didn't have a Bible, what I did not realize was that in a few moments, John John was going to ask me to preach the message without a Bible. And so the scripture reading's done, and John John says, now Pastor Mike is going to come and give us a powerful message And I looked at Pat and I thought, his name is not Mike, so that must be me. And uh, I don't think there are deer in Haiti, but now the Haitians know what a deer in the headlight looks like. Because I go up there and I thought, what am I going to say to these folks? And I thought, well, I have one verse. I have verse 3. And so I said, uh, I think I confessed to them that I didn't bring a Bible. Uh, but I also confessed to them and I hopefully inspired them that we can all store the word in our heart. I told them that in just a few moments I memorized one verse. Think of all the moments that we waste in a day with this thing or that thing. And uh, not that we're doing bad things, but think how much time could be captured uh, memorizing and meditating on God's word. And so I <clears throat> shared verse 3 with them from memory. And then John John translated, and then as he translated, God gave me another verse, and uh, I shared that verse, and John John translated, and then I spoke on that verse for a little while, and then John John would translate, and uh, God would give me another verse to share, and I went on like that for 15, 20 minutes. See, God had been doing a work in my heart, creating in me a desire to know more Bible than I know about anything else. You know, uh, we know all kinds of statistics about everything. You know, I know useless statistics about my car. Yes, my car gets me from here to there, but I know statistics about it that are really useless to me. 
and you have statistics that you know that are maybe ultimately useless to you. But the word of God is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And if we take time to read it and study it and meditate on it and memorize it, it will bless your life. And so I'm calling all of us this morning to follow what Jesus said, to do what Jesus did, to to store God's word in our hearts so we not, may not sin against you. And it's not even about not sinning, but it's about living a full life. Now, I know some of you may think to yourself, you know, I'm, I may not ever be in Haiti, and I certainly uh, hope to God that I will never be asked to preach a message on a moment's notice, so I don't really need to memorize Scripture. Well, let me ask you this. Do you live life? Like, do you go through the everydays, ins and outs of life? Do you ever face challenges? The Bible has something to say to every challenge that you will ever face. In fact, Lois de Verberg, uh, in a book that Alice Shirey recommended, and so, of course, if Alice recommends it, I read it because she's pretty smart. And uh, so I read it, and she has this quote, and she says that the Bible is limitless. The Bible is limitless in its ability to speak into our lives. It's limitless. No matter what you face, it has something to say to you to encourage you in your life. Listed in the bulletin are some scriptures that have spoken to me over the last year or so. And I want to encourage you to maybe think about picking one of these out. And if one of these doesn't suit your fancy, maybe you want to pick out another one and just memorize it and meditate on it. Of course, there's Matthew 4, 4. Uh, hopefully you know this one by now. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. An interesting thing about uh, this verse here, I think it's very uh, intentional that Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone. Because in that statement, he is acknowledging that something that we all know, that Jesus was fully human, that he was fully Man, And so even though he was God and he was the son of God and he was fully God, he didn't know scripture because he was the son of God. Of course, we know in John 1, 1 that says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And it's talking about Jesus. But Jesus, as a man living on this earth, he would have had to study and meditate and memorize scripture just like you and I do. In the same book that I, I read in preparation for this this message, Lois talks about uh, the things that Jesus would have done growing up to prepare himself for the for the ministry. Um, and in fact, uh, Jesus would have done what many Jewish uh, children, young boys would have done. They would have gone to where the Bible was taught. They would have gone to the synagogue every single Saturday. They would have gone again and again and again and again because they wanted to saturate themselves with the scriptures and they would have studied it. And as it was read, they would have memorized it. And she says in her book, that most young Jewish boys, by the time that they were teenagers, would have had much of the Old Testament memorized by heart. And so Jesus studied and he memorized the scripture as a man. And we are called to do the same. And it can just bless our lives to, to, to no end. We were uh, in men's group. Uh, Mark Kuyper leads the men's group and uh, he does a great job and he was uh, gone one Wednesday night so he asked me to lead. If you're a small group leader you may want to jot some notes about this activity. It's a great activity to do in any small group 
Uh, so I arrive that night and I have a stack of index cards. And so as the men come in, I give them uh, each two index cards. And we, we do some light chit-chat and sharing to open us up. And then I say, now men, we are going to do what Jesus said to do. Uh, we're going to live out what Jesus said in Matthew 4.4, 4, that uh, we're going to feast on the word of God tonight. We're going to do what Psalm 119 verse 11 says. We are going to store God's word in our heart so we may not sin against him. And so I uh, handed each of the guys a card and I said, find a verse in scripture that will bless your life, that uh, maybe an issue you're struggling with, and just write it down. Write it down on the card. And then after you write it down on the first card, write it down on the second card. See, we were, we're, we were cultivating, uh, uh, memorizing the scripture by writing it out. And so after uh, all the guys had a verse picked out and had written it twice, we went around the room and we shared our verses. Some of the men even had it memorized in a matter of moments and shared from memory their Bible verse. And then after we all shared, I collected one card from each of the men. And as the cards were coming into me, I collected them. And I shuffled them up and then I passed each one of the men got a new card with a new verse. Now I said, men, you're now going to have a second verse to memorize. And as you memorize this verse, I want you to pray for the man who wrote the verse on the card. So the first time we did this, I got uh, Tommy's card and it was Ephesians 4.26. And so I memorized it. And as I memorized it, I prayed for Tom. And some of you may want to memorize this verse. If you deal with anger, if you struggle with anger, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down. You know, as the sun goes down, the name of the Lord is to be praised. And if we're acting out in anger, we're not praising the Lord. And so uh, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And so every time I see Tom now, I just say that little prayer, you know, help him with his anger, Father. And then uh, we did it a few weeks later. Mark was gone again. And so same activity, two note cards, and we passed them out, did the same thing. This time, the second time, I got Jason's card. Jason had uh, Luke 23. 43 on his card. It says, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. And so every time I think of Jason, uh, I think of that verse, I meditate on that verse, and I pray for Jason and uh, just remind myself, and uh, the Spirit reminds Jason that no matter what happens in life, that God is with us. And if our life should end today, that we're going to be with Jesus that very day. There's all kinds of verses there that can inspire us. I was uh, mentioned the men's group. We we walked pretty tight together as men in Grundy, and I got an email one morning from one of the guys, and it said, "Hey guys, please pray for me. I'm uh, really struggling with loving my wife." And I I read the email. I'm like, "Yes, I'll, I'll pray for you." And then I thought to myself, "I think there's a Bible verse that says something about loving your wives." And I had a faint idea that it was in Ephesians, so I flipped open to Ephesians on my smartphone, and uh, there it was, Ephesians 5:25 says, "Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself." up for the church. And so I began to pray that for my brother in Christ there in Grundy. And then as I prayed that, I realized that I'm not loving my wife as, as much as I could. And so I began to do intentional things to love Jennifer even more because I had God's word in my heart. It says to love my wife and I want to love my wife. And so maybe some of the men in the room want to memorize Ephesians 5.25. There's all kinds of verses that can bless our lives. Last fall, 
I was really struggling with some issues and I was almost depressed and uh, just just really walking in this fog. And uh, <clears throat> I remember the exact moment I was driving down on Highway 14 in my car and all these details were going through my mind of all of the things that I had to do and my circumstances I felt like were terrible at the time. And then Isaiah 26.3 came to my mind. It says, He keeps him in perfect peace. God keeps the person in perfect peace. He whose mind is stays on him and trusts the Lord. And it was as if God just said to me, Mike, do you trust me? And I said, well, yeah, I trust you. And I kid you not, instantaneously peace came over me because I had God's word in my heart and it is living and it is active and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. There's all kinds of verses on that list. Sometimes I memorize verses just because they're funny. You mentioned, you notice there Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining or arguing. My translation that I use most often says, do everything without grumbling and complaining. I can't tell you how many times I've quoted that verse to my boys. There's all kinds of uh, fun verses in there. Uh, one morning I was working with a uh, family business that we have, and I was supervising some uh, our, some young staff, and uh, most of them were family, and so I was having a little fun with them. Uh, they were getting at each other's throats. They were picking at each other. They were just, just being mean and almost nasty to one another. And I just stopped them. I said, guys... Just just listen to me just a second. And I said, do you know what Jesus says about what you guys are doing? And they said, no, what does Jesus say? Kind of rolling their eyes. They know I'm a pastor. I said, Jesus says, Luke 22:51. no more of this. No more of this. And they laughed, and it actually picked up the mood. And now I... I picked that verse uh, way out of context here. But later that day, I would find out what that context was. Uh, uh, later that afternoon, Rachel Patterson shows up at our booth there at the State Fair, and uh, she brought some friends, and I'm interacting with her friends, and uh, Grant uh, McClanahan is one of her friends. I hadn't met Grant before, and so I just asked Grant. I said, hey, Grant, uh, you know, I've not met you before. Can you give me your life story in like three minutes or less? And so he says, says sure, I, I can do that. And so he tells me uh, how his life began. His life began, he was uh, stricken with some illnesses, and you'll have to ask Sheila or Grant about about the specifics of this, but what I got from the story that uh, the doctors said, uh, told uh, Grant's parents that he was going to uh, be disabled for his whole life, that he probably wouldn't be able to walk, and he would be he would struggle his entire life. And so uh, what any good parent would do, uh, his parents uh, circled up everyone they knew to pray for a miracle for Grant, and uh, that's what happened. God healed Grant miraculously. He has grown to this day with uh, no uh, ramifications from all of those, e- uh, those illnesses except one thing. And I said, well, Grant, what's that one thing? He says, I I can't quite hear out of one of my ears. And now I can't remember which ear it is, but he says, I can't hear out of one of my ears. And as he told me that, I was like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Uh, My daily verse that morning that I memorized was Luke 22, 51. The context of where Jesus says no more of this is right after Peter cuts the centurion's ear off, Jesus says no more of this. And he reaches out his hand and he heals the guy's ear. 
And I tell you, from that moment on, you know, I prayed for Grant and I tried to be pretend like I was Jesus for a second. And I, I asked Grant if I could pray for healing for his ear. And he says, well, absolutely. And I committed that day. Every time I think of that verse, I'm going to pray for you, Grant, that God would heal your ear. Now, honestly, I don't know if Grant's hearing is any better, but I believe to the core of my being what Hebrews 4.12 says, that God's word is living and it's active and it's stronger than a two-edged sword. It's stronger than the sword that cut off that man's ear and Jesus word is powerful and it can heal a guy's ear and it's powerful and it's living and active if only we will do the work to store it in our heart just as Jesus modeled and did for us I am way out of time here so I'm going to invite the band to come up and they're going to start uh, leading in worship and I just want to challenge all of you just one more time you know, as they get up and they start singing the song, I think Becky taught you this song last week. Some of you may stand up and worship, and some of you may even hold your hands up in the air and uh, worship like that. But uh, some of you uh, may just want to hunker down just for a few moments and uh, pick one of these verses out if you haven't done so already, and just memorize it as worship to God. Pick one of these verses out. Uh, whatever it, whatever it is, down there in the sanctuary, the song that they sang after the teaching was, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. It comes from Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Uh, be blessed this morning. Uh, <clears throat> know that you're brilliant enough. You can memorize verses in just a few moments here and, uh, God will bless your life and, uh, uh live out what Jesus says. That you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God.